Kentucky Roll Call podcasts are brought to you by Cornbread Hemp. Do you cheer for a team without a head coach? Is prayer the only way you'll hear your team's name on Selection Sunday? You might be suffering from depression, anxiety, or what we like to call March Sadness. Have no fear, Cornbread Hemp is here. Cornbread Hemp's organic, full-spectrum CBD products have just what you need to relieve everyday anxiety. Try our extra-strength gummies today. Use the promo code BIGX at checkout and get 30% off your purchase at cornbreadhemp.com. Don't wait to beat the buzzard. Try Cornbread Hemp today. Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning! Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cap, just... The cat, just cats. Cats, tip. cats. The cats tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown. Kentucky. Touchdown. Kentucky. <laughs> Victory. Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want. You dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They. Rubbish. There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable, what an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, right. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. March 22nd, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Exports Hello. Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. On your Tuesday, Nick Roush, spring football practice is back on and rocking after a spring break. So he is in Lexington covering the Cats this morning. Nick Roush, how are you? Uh, ready to rock and roll. Uh, excited. I, I do wonder, though, um, you know, I, I had a lot of time to think about what I wanted to talk about today. And then I arrive at KS office and there's a sign out front for military adventure camp and it's for kids that and i think it said like 10 to 16 or something like that and i'm what does one do at military adventure camp it said two weeks so like are is do they just throw the adventure in there to to make it sound not like you're sending your kid to boot camp i i I, (laughs) like it can't be that much. Like it, it, on one hand, it could be fun, but on the other hand, they also could be doing just push-ups and chin-ups the entire time. Yeah, what's I don't the, know what happens at military adventure camp. What's the age limit here? Does it say on the sign? It's. I think it said ten to sixteen, or, oh, or okay. maybe twelve to eighteen. To, uh, it, it's early, um, but it like I, it sounded like they're just trying to church up boot camp. Yeah, it, it does. Or like, what if it ended up just being like. Hey, we we've got this like huge landscaping job, or we need to dig a ginormous hole. Uh, let's just try to get a bunch of ten to sixteen year olds and tell them that it's like a military camp or something like that. <laughs> we need a ditch dug. Uh, 
<laughs> so we're gonna have we're gonna go on a military adventure. The, the, the real World War One trench experience. Sign up here today. <laughs> and then they're just like, all right, and then we're gonna ride you around in jeeps. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. your that's your military adventure. Oh man, yeah. I just imagine like some kids want to be military and they go to that and they're like, Yeah, you know what? No, <laughs> not for me. No, I think it's just kind of a boot camp, Dad. <laughs> if they really embarrassed us and they made us work all the time. And yeah, you know what? I think I'm just gonna probably go to college now. So thank you for sending me to military excitement adventure camp. Oh, that's good stuff, Roush. That's good stuff. <laughs> Justin, how are you? Um, I am unexpectedly sitting here wondering what a military adventure is. I, to me, it just sounds like it, maybe for kids that have thought about the military, maybe that's a, a, an experience for them to try to go figure it out. I, I don't know. I have no idea what that is either. So well, yeah, I, I'm with room, Ralph. It's boot camp. Yeah, my, my, my thought is if you're like a Army ROTC kid in high school, they probably have their own thing that they go to, right? Like – I mean, I might be just making an assumption here, but like, you know, the school band goes to band camp. And I would, I would assume that they would have their own thing, not the sign in your yard that looks like a like a yard sale sign saying "Come to Army Adventure Camp." Yeah, yeah, it, the whole thing. I, I, we're gonna need you to keep tabs on that. Okay, maybe okay. just watch outside, see who signs up, go interview them, and be like, "So, what? What do you know? What you signed up for? Or do we know what you signed <laughs> up for? What's what, what's going on there?" All right, Roush. Mm -hmm. We got a lot to get to on today's Kentucky Roll Call. We'd love to hear from folks on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. You text into the show. We will eventually read it on air. I think we've got like a few more to catch up on from today, and then we will be all level at the end of today's show, which is exciting. Thornton's is exciting as well because they've got delicious breakfasts to get your day started. They've got great coffee any way you want it. It's the perfect pit stop into your office to get your day started, right? You got to fuel up before lunch. It's several hours away. May as well get something in the stomach. And then, boom, before you know it, you split up your day. The workday goes faster. And it's all because of Thornton's. All right. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line number. I'll mention that several more times throughout today's show. So keep them coming in. Keep them coming. Ralph, have you... Did you did you fix the your did you fix your crying? Oh, oh, series all worked up about something. Did you fix your crying makeup? Because uh, Calipari didn't take calls in the coach's show last night. No, it's still stuck there. Uh, oh, yeah, man. yeah, still man. stuck there. Um, I, I it was. I do find myself in a weird spot, TJ, because there's there's I I feel like I've got uh you know the the side of fan on me on two different shoulders. Like on one hand, I'm like. Hey, Cal's got this. This is uh, not everything can always be great. The NCAA tournament happens, and even like two weeks ago, we thought we two or three weeks ago we thought you had a team that can make the Final Four run. We talked about it often on this show, and March happened, and it got the best of Kentucky. And karma's a bitch, and it just it got us this time. Uh, and then on the other hand, I'm very like quick to just be triggered on the dumbest of things and be so angry at Cal. And I, I find myself wrestling with both. Ultimately, the one on the the positive shoulder, I think, is winning out. But I'm still just like like little dumb things, like not taking calls on a call-in show. 
I wouldn't say got me mad, but it's like, Cal, like try to make people happy. I don't want to have to deal with them on the internet. And that's how you not, that's, that's how you make folks angry. Um, like, I don't think there's the, 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 it's safe to say TJ, the, the strife between fans and Calipari is it's definitely overblown. Um, but there's something like, there is something there to it. And I would hope that Cal would do whatever it took to make amends in that regard. Um, but in saying all that, I, I think the thing that I just expected as a certified JMI hater, I thought they were just going to soft toss Cal questions all night. And instead, we got the show that we wanted to hear. We got Cal Perry asked the questions we wanted to hear him ask. And I think you didn't get all of the answers you wanted, um, but you got a lot of them. He, he addressed them directly. And I think the times that he didn't, he, he had a lot of, he, he addressed the how things went wrong. He didn't always get into the why. And I think that was to avoid throwing guys under the bus at times, um, which Cal's never really going to do. And the closest thing I think we got to the heart of the situation of what we're, we're, we're Cal, uh, the, 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 the answer to his final question, I think, was the root of the problem, the ultimate final king piece in this this whole entire puzzle piece um and i'm sure you listen to it tj but the, the answer to his last question about looking for players in the transfer portal it's like yeah you know we got guys who put up good stats but he, he mentioned something about their heart and having that will to win and i think maybe why cal was worried going into that march and why he had those sort of tepid responses it was he didn't know if these guys had that dog in them to be able to put teams out to be able to have the cojones to just put it all on the table and and, and be big in those clutch moments that matter most in March. I, I think that was something that he 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 might have tiptoed around there at the end, and maybe that's something he's like, all right, if I'm going to find somebody, yes, they have to have the skills, but also they have the the right fit, and they have to have a dog mentality, and maybe that dog that's what was missing. Uh, this March. Yeah, I got a really weird phone call yesterday from somebody that I used to talk to more frequently during recruit when I was covering recruiting. Um, they're around the program. They're not in the program. They're not like a coach or anything like that. Uh, that was really interesting. I I'll talk about that a little bit later on the show today. Basically, like the gist of that conversation was like, this team wasn't nearly as united as people thought, which it's so easy to say that when the season comes to a close, but a lot of interesting points. We'll bring that a little mm -hmm. up a little bit later on as the, as the show goes. Now, all that being said, I, your, your synopsis of the call-in show, I found that last quote to be interesting. I've got a few other things, but I, I'm, I'm going to, and some people will hate this. Maybe some people will like it. I don't, particularly care one way or another i'm going to spend all summer just making fun of the cal haters just point blank <laughs> uk has been in a position mm. to win a national championship three out of the last four years and you goobers are making demands out of a coach out of a coach you're making demands he's got to say this he's got to do this he's got to do that fart off quite literally fart off uh you all i mean specifically there's just a huge portion there's far too large of a, of, of a portion. I don't know if it's a loud minority. I don't know if it's split over to like 50-50. Hell, I don't know if it's the majority. But I'm going to be ripping on you all all summer. 
I will not forget any of this come the start of next season when UK is a top five or top 10 team. And then UK is going to have more success under John Calipari, whether he's able to get that elusive second national championship or it's just more Final Fours, more beautiful days of Kentucky basketball are ahead. Far too many people that don't understand college basketball are have a platform and are talking as if they do. Far too many people are saying nasty, bad things that could run off a Hall of Fame head coach. People that, and then again, you just are embarrassing the entire fan base when you just make a GD scene because he's not taking live questions on his call-in show. Would I have done that if I was Calipari? No. But hold on. Everybody sit down here. What if he's actually out recruiting? Would you rather him answer Bob from Winchester, since we talked a lot about Winchester yesterday, or would you rather go get have him go get better players to make the future of UK basketball better? And if your answer is, well, there's time to do the recruiting, but I think you, you've got to be able to answer the fans. Dumb, first and foremost. Just let's get that out there. Dumb. Secondly, what what question did he not answer that you would have wanted him to answer last night? Which what did he dodge? What did they hide from the UK fans? What did Tom Leach ignore? What did they not get around to? See, was it the timeout question? Was it the Jacob Toppin question? Was it what went wrong? How do you make this better? What question? Everybody who cried yesterday that he's not going to take questions from fans. <laughs> no. What question did he not answer? Well, and I think that was the 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 assumption we all had because we've we've seen some of these like this question in for Twitter from Dana Danville. What was it like to have Brad on your staff this year? <laughs> I think I think we all assumed that it was going to be something along those lines. I would have loved it if it was for what it was worth. It's like it, nothing it, but softballs. Favorite menu item at Rupp Arena, Cal. Now that we can do a season <laughs> recap. Oh, we're at Malone's now. I'm enjoying a nice Calipari <laughs> strip. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Too too well done. Um, <laughs> But and I think just like the eighty percent of folks would say, or in a normal situation, well, you want Cal to be out recruiting, but this is also and and here's the thing too, almost every one of these season-ending shows, whether it's the Stoop Show or the Calipari Show, they're always out recruiting and they're always calling in. He, Cal did more this time than he normally does. Normally, it's just one segment they call in and that and it's live, and then they bring in like. You know, uh, in previous years, Kenny Payne or Joel or, Justice or, or player or, for football or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that's the typical thing. And I think we just – the angry – the people who are angry right now, and rightfully so, that's that's all of us, just wanted to hear Cal on – because we don't know when we're going to hear from him again. We want to hear Cal address all that stuff head on and not going live. Like, you just were like, let's make an exception for this because we're very upset right now. Please reassure us that everything's going to be okay. And that, that that's what we want. We, we want to get some reassurance that everything's going to be fine. And when it wasn't going live, everybody was like, how could he not do this for us? This was the one thing we needed him to do. And he's going to – it's going to be a rocky offseason and he's going to start like this? That's a bad idea. And I, I get that line of thinking, but we did – uh, prematurely get way too mad for three hours because he ended up answering all those questions and then so yeah so what's going on right now and like friday show was one of the worst and gosh crash i feel like unfortunately we've got like a a list of just miserable shows that we've had to do after a night of uk athletics or 
health, an entire pandemic where nothing was going on. We've got a long list of like shows that weren't the most enjoyable for us to put on. Friday stunk. It wasn't fun. I was hurting just like anybody else. Thursday night was just the absolute worst, just like anybody else. We were willing to let people vent. We're still finishing up the Thornton's text line from that. I'm okay with that. People have a really tough time figuring out criticism versus let's burn it all down. Criticism, Calipari has never been above criticism. He does dozens of little things that bug me that I would do differently if I were a coach or I'd want rationale or explanation because I'm not a basketball coach. These people know more than I do, so I'd love to have it reasoned out for me, and then I can make the decision whether or not I agree with it or disagree with it. But now we're, we're coming up on a week, and any anything else is just unnecessary and un, unwarranted for the program. Anything else from this point forward is you're just being obnoxious or you're hurting the program. And that's not to be like, everybody shut up or get in line. If you've got your doubts about Calipari, if you think the game's passing by, if you think that this isn't going to end romantically, first off, we've probably already heard your opinion. That's fine. You're allowed to have it. You're allowed to state it as much as you want. Keep in, and I mean this sincerely, keep that same energy throughout the season. If UK goes on a run, say, hey, I know things are going well right now. I'm enjoying it. But I, I've, I don't think this. I don't think March. You know, just keep the same. People are so wishy-washy, and I understand how this goes. It's been this way my entire life as a fan. Uh, we've witnessed it from every everywhere. But the same people that are demanding he fire be fired, or if they're not even going that far, which I always find that funny. Like, no, I, I, you know, I'll say it. I don't want him fired, but I still just don't know where. So what are you doing then? You're just whining to whine. You're just complaining to complain. You're so. What's the solution, Roush? It just seems like so many UK fans. And again, I know this isn't unique to UK's fan base, but like it just seems. I I just don't know what they do in real life when something doesn't go their way. Do they just literally fall to their knees and just start crying? It's you gotta, the, it's you gotta, the lady you gotta, after uh, Trump lost, won the election. Just yeah, I mean, we all wanted to do that after Thursday night. We, we did, and maybe some of us actually did do that. I won't blame you if you did. Losses hurt. Losses in March really, really hurt. The thing is, though, and Calipari kind of mentioned that as well yesterday, and I, I agreed with it, although I knew it was probably going to rub some folks the wrong way. But the loss happened. Certainly the most embarrassing in UK history. If you don't think it's number one, it's got to be in your top three. But it's terrible. Shouldn't happen. So. How do we make yes, next year's roster even better to where two seed, let's just be a one, just to be safe, and let's get back to SEC tournament or regular season wins, and let's find a way to make sure that you get the the top geographical preference and you get to play in Louisville in the Sweet 16 and Final Four for, for the first time ever. That needs to be the attention of how can this roster just be filthy. Yeah. yeah. We've got some ideas. Sharp playing. Oscar coming back, um, then you may just be a transfer or two away from just you're, – you're really close at that point if that were to happen. We'll talk about that as the show goes on, obviously. We've got a lot to get to on today's Kentucky Roll Call. But I'm, a, I'm officially, Roush, going to be not so kind pushing back. We've gone into March three out of the last four years thinking UK could win the championship. Not just make a Final Four, not just make a run – Win a championship. 
all from two seed positions. Uh, now, of course, the 2020, we didn't get that seeded out, but Kentucky right. was going to be a two seed. Three out of the last four. And really, if you want to go, you could you could go four out of the last five. If you're going to go four out of the last five, you got to go five out of the last six. UK was a trendy Final Four pick. Not everybody had it, but they were a trendy Final Four pick in 16, too. People thought they were going to come out of that East region, which was really, really a tough region. Now, of course, they flamed out. I'm not going to throw 16 in that category. I'm not going to throw 18 in that category. So we'll stick it three out of the last four years. But if you really wanted to be sincere, because it is sincere, you could go seven out of the – well, then you got to bring in 15 if you do that. So we're, but but even just recent history, because everybody's like, well, things have clearly taken yeah. a. Dip. The, the, the people who pull up the Tubby Smith graphic are like, dude, do you all remember how things were? In yeah, when was, was Tubby a two seed his last year? I forgot about that. No, he was like a. Oh, they, was, they won the eight nine game and then lost in the second round to Kansas, I believe. And that yeah, right? Yeah, the year before that, they won the eight nine game and they lost this, the second round game to UConn. It was the yeah. same. You just knew. You knew where, where those seed, like that, those. The end of the tubby year was like, man, if we could get out of that first weekend, wouldn't that be fun? Like, wouldn't we just, wouldn't we just have a chance if we could get to the Sweet Sixteen? The, the feeling is is much less different. It's much. Less so why different. would anybody want to risk any of this by being loud and obnoxious because you may have some personal vendetta against Calipari and go and potentially risk going back to that, where you not only go into a season but you go into a March and your expectation is. Sweet 16, fingers crossed. Can we do it? Can we pull a big upset in the tournament in the first weekend? No. Now we're sitting here. Trust me, y'all. Not... You don't want that. And Justin, <laughs> I was about to throw it to you, by the way. I'm going on a long rant, but I'm about to throw it over to you because I feel like you're going to give a little sense of reality as an outside fan. But would anybody really want to roll the dice and risk potentially getting back to those four years? Four years. Two at the end of Tubby. Two with Billy Gillespie where you thought the ceiling of Kentucky basketball was the second weekend of the tournament, and that was optimistic. I kind of went all through this yesterday. Where instead, Calipari, he's slipping. Things are horrible. I can't believe this is the state of the current UK basketball program. Three out of the last four years, we went into March thinking you had a chance. Now, did it matter? Did Kentucky go to a Final Four in that stretch? No. That's bad. We want that change. But I feel like the difference in philosophy is – we need to burn this down and reset the foundation because it's not. It, well, let me let me use let me. I've done this analogy more recently. Let me do this one. It's like a food analogy. It's like you've got this world class buffet. People come from all over to be able to celebrate and eat and enjoy. The desserts at the buffet suck. They're not good. <laughs> They're not good. Like, everybody loves the appetizers. The entrees are amazing. You got the little dessert station, though, and it's it, it used to be solid. It, it's getting worse. Whoever's in charge of the desserts, they're letting this go to waste. Would you tear down the entire restaurant to build a new dessert station? Would you do that? Do you think that – does anybody think that's an appropriate business strategy? Tear down a perfectly restaurant just because you want some better – uh, you you want some better cheesecake at the end? Newsflash: By the time you get to dessert, you're too full most of the time. So dessert most of the time doesn't even matter. <laughs> well, this analogy desserts like the NCAA tournament, which you know I don't I, I don't equivalent the NCAA tournament to just a cherry on top. It's very important, and dessert is important. Who likes a bad dessert? But I I, I think some people are like, you know what? One part of this equation isn't going the way we want. So I we 
things are absolutely horrible. Kentucky's much closer to winning a national championship than they are to, say, U of L's program. And you may say, well, then either one won a tournament game this year. How could you say that? Because one will be a top 10 team next year, and the other one has two players on the roster. You have Kenny Payne. They're going to get it turned around, and, and he's going to get good players in there. But, Justin, these UK fans, maybe a little perspective of the outside world would go a long way with them. Yeah, I mean, it really is. And I like I like the whole restaurant and buffet analogy, but I'm going to go different. It, it's like a three-story house that caught on fire, and maybe, just maybe, the top story is ruined. The floors one and two, they're still good. The foundation is great. But trust me, from an Indiana fan perspective, whose house went down to the foundation, maybe even went below the foundation, and now is getting built back up, it could always be a lot worse. First, you go to Sweet 16s, then you go to missing tournaments. If you're not missing tournaments yet, I don't see a problem. The foundation is obviously very clearly still in place. As you all have talked about, they had great teams, great expectations. Pretty much the whole Calipari era. Even that team that won nine games, there were expectations for that team. They just didn't fulfill them, if you will. So, yeah, the, it's just calm down. That, that's all I can say. Just calm down and and realize how much worse it could be because I would kill to just get in the tournament, let alone make the Sweet 16. Uh, I, I do um, think in all of this, there is a, uh, you know, folks, they're they're mad. They like to nitpick. Um and I, I I can get uh I can get nitpicky in in certain respects. The the part that I I don't understand is the getting mad at like the cliches. Like if they hear Cal Perry say Super Bowl, that's one that I just like. I I get like as a media person who has to write stuff. Like it's my job to 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 take what Cal says and write about it. I should be like the only person actually getting annoyed by writing like the same thing. But like. I, I, th that was one thing that oh, was weird. It's like, man, if you listen to some of this, like there was one answer that was really long. And at the very end, he threw in, we're not everybody's Super Bowl. And it was like, he's still talking about, he's still talking about the Super Bowl. It's like, that, that has nothing to do with the, the the context of the question in which he answered. In fact, he gave a pretty detailed answer. I think it was that last question where he talked about, you know, this was a beloved team, but we got to have guys that have a will to win. Like, it was very enlightening. Like, he, he wasn't doing a mea culpa, but he was kind of letting us on. Like, yes, I've been telling you all for a while, you're going to love this team, you're going to love this team, but this wasn't my most talented team. <laughs> it just wasn't. Like, it, it, we didn't have the best players. And it's like, wow, like, that was enlightening. And you're going to get mad because he just dropped the Super Bowl thing in. That's the part where, like, I get it. You have that bathroom in your third floor that kind of sucks. But you know what? You don't have to poop in it. You don't have to spend a lot of time in it. Just go in and, and, and wash your hands in it every once in a while. Use the other bathroom, okay? You don't have to get all worked up just because you, it, the, the toilet isn't good enough to take a deuce, okay? Just, just don't use that bathroom. Don't get mad about it. Worry about the stuff that actually matters. Yeah, grown men going down a list of things Calipari says that bothers them is quite literally the most hilarious and embarrassing thing I think uh, humans could do. Roush, if we ever do that, give me the old Barbaro treatment, you know what I mean? Take me out back, oh, wow. rehab me for about nine months, have a huge debate about artificial insemination, and then eventually just let me die, okay? Can, right, you, give right. me the old, can you give me the old Barbaro treatment if we ever get to that radio? 
Okay, okay. I can do that. I'm still also going to don't give me the Barbaro treatment when I judge what grown men wear because I'm <laughs> I'm still damn it, they need to be in suits. The, the Barbaro treatment really wasn't too bad until the ending, to be honest with you. Oh I know. He got like letters from fans <laughs> that he got to read. Do you think he read them? <laughs> They're hanging all over his stalls. He loved every minute of it. <laughs> well, he was a horse, of course. All right. So that's that's going to be uh, – it shouldn't really surprise folks, I don't think. Um, I just don't want to rock the boat enough where you have a Hall of Fame coach and he's just at some point he's like, I'm stupid rich. I've got an amazing buyout. What if I just mail it in and they eventually have to pay me my buyout and these ungrateful jerks, you know, this is just the way that we decide that it comes – to an end. Don't want that. Don't need that. Uh, I think this fan base can be happy. I think it can be united. I think we can, I think we all want the same thing. And I think if you really think about it deep down, you know, to get to that goal, we've got the, the best person in charge right now leading, leading the charge. Let yeah, that scenario I, play out to see for Kentucky fans just to see how good they have it. Because like we talked about yesterday, no. who who does Kentucky no. hire? No, yeah, I I, yeah, I, I mean, I, one of my buddies was like Tom Izzo. My like, dude, Izzo's old. Tom Izzo, what? he's done. He's done he's in done. two, three years. He's like on his done. way down. And if you look at it, he's sixty-seven. He's older than Cal. And also, if you look at his results, they're worse than Cal's. Like we are just so. And and it's something that I, since as as one of these privileged KSR writers, I got to read it. I get to read things that are already written. Uh, and BTI has something this morning that's coming up at 10 a.m. And it's, man, as much as BTI sucks, he's so true. Like, we are trapped by the by Calipari's success. Like, his yeah. success and his persona is like, it's, it's raised the expectations and it's raised the fan excitement so much that we've lost our minds. Like, it's, and, it's a snake eating itself. Yeah, yeah. We like and it's just, it's it's like this stupid immunity thing they have in Survivor. It's just it's snake eating itself. You're exactly right. It is, and like we got fat off you know Final Fours and awesome seasons and really fun, and then now that that hasn't been around as much, we're eating ourselves. We're, it, we're to get back to where we were, and you know who the coach was that was doing that, right? We're eating. Okay, yeah. We're quite literally eating ourselves to do it. It's terrible. It's 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 a terrible strategy. If the P, if the doom and gloomers get their way, which they were very loud last offseason, mind you, if the doom and gloomers get their way, it could ruin UK basketball. Now, I think UK basketball to some degree is unruinable. I think you're always just a good coach away from being able to. It recruits itself. There's so much money involved in the whole program that I think it's it's truly unruinable but i do think that if if the doom and gloomers got their way the next five years of uk basketball would not be particularly fun and then on top of it i think the people that just are screaming at the clouds right now they don't really even understand like if they got their way they would they would not like the way that things looked one those same people they very rarely will give you an answer on who would be the new coach yeah and then as we mentioned yesterday all right you got a new coach exciting how much time are you getting them does he got to go to final four in year one or two you know with the way you can get transfers in there does there doesn't need to be a two or three year quote unquote rebuild has john calipari left the cupboard completely bare do you need a rebuild so how long are we given this new coach and then let's say three years go by there's some heartbreaking march madness losses because shockingly that happens do you do we do do we do it all again do we restart do you not think that there could be a downside to bringing in coaches in and out, left and right, willy billy? 
Yeah, and I think they have no answer for that, Rush. They they don't have a single answer for that. And part of the thing that does get lost if when we're Jon Snow, like trying to fight like a stupid narrative more online, because that, a lot of it is just like everybody's angry online right now because Kentucky just suffered its worst NCAA tournament loss ever. We're included. We don't know. Like we're we're handling. We're as mad as everybody else is, um, and I, I. It's one of those things where, like, in the worst of moments, when I heard Cal talking about, like, you know, our teams are usually the best in March. Like, yes, I'm. You're right. Like, he's like, my teams usually don't lose. Like, we're usually playing our best, and we didn't this time, and that's on me. And I'm going to take it, and we're going to move forward. And like, it's like, you know what? Like, you're right. Like that. That's that's the case. I'm mad. I don't want to be in this position ever again. Um, I'm I'm very upset. I'm disappointed. Uh, I I think if I if I'm saying like Cal needs to change anything, we've got to change things moving forward. Just get awesome guards. Get awesome players. Win that way. Yeah. Uh, you you might want Cal to change his law. He needs an offense. Like there's some things that aren't going to change. You, you you're still going to hear because that's what's made Cal successful, right? Like. You're still going to hear him say some things that are just you've heard a thousand times. He's still going to not call timeouts in any of the games, and it's because it, it works most times for him. And he's not going to set you to death um, because that's not the way he coaches. That's not his belief. We have to accept some of those things. That's part of the bargain. And in return, we usually get a pretty awesome payout. Um, and that just hasn't been the case over the last three or four years. COVID played a reason in one of them. And then, you know, karma caught up with the cats and they got upset early in March. It sucks really bad. I don't want it to happen again. Um, but I also like it. Let's just not lose our minds too much in the process. Well said. Agreed with you. It hurts. I'm totally all right with criticism. There are legit criticisms of Calipari, and there's legit things that I think some stubbornness, you know, I think his ro like the, his roster decisions late in game, those are things that he can improve on as a coach, and those are things that can be different moving forward. But it, I'm, I'm, I am, we, we let you have Friday. I gave you the show on Monday. Two days, I think, is long enough. But the same people picking UK to the Final Four aren't a week later allowed to come back and say that the the structure is is ruined and things need to be demolished. You're not allowed to do that. You're not one week ago say, you know what, I love this team. I think they're going on a run. And then the ball bounces the wrong way. Uh, should never even be in a position like that against St. Peter's. Can't stress that enough. But you can't go from Final Four, things are hunky-dory, to – we were on the wrong end of March Madness, and I'm so mad. I need I need to take it all down. It doesn't work like that. But it's idiotic, oh, man. and somebody needs to say it to you. So I, I will. We need to Stop. get to a break. We do. I just every time, like the more we talk about it, the more things just pop. Like I'm like, okay, well, you want this guy? It's like, dude, they play the same kind of style that Cal does when he has his good teams. It's just this know. wasn't one of his best ones. Like, well, we, we can keep that up. We can keep doing that because people do just think there's like this this savior this messiah of tournament success out there yeah let's go get that i want the coach that goes to the final four every year what about you roush hell yeah justin that sound good you want iu to have the coach that goes to the final four every year yeah yeah sign me up okay who, who oh wait who wait, wait 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 time out we already got him 
So y'all can't have them. All right. What happened? This, what this, happened? Year, this what year happened? Aside, starting next year. Starting next year. Okay, I'm all yeah, for all that. All three of those head coaches. So, so do we go steal Mike Woodson and his three head coaches? What kind of salary do you think we can pay out there? All right. I mean, but in all seriousness, everybody wants to go to the Final Four. You dinguses. Go find me the coach that does it every year. But if he has that talent, he'll. Why doesn't he get that talent where he's at? You know, why doesn't LSU got good talent where they were at? Baton Rouge isn't a talent rich place. So I don't want to hear it, although I do. So text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. I want to talk about this conversation that I have that I just want to basically throw to you all and see what you think because I don't even know what to make of it. And then secondly, I do want to talk football, Roush, because I think that's something where a lot of everybody can come together with positive energy and move it to the gridiron and practice has started back up and you'll be there today to talk to people. So it's going to be a fun KRC. We hope you don't go anywhere. What a long opening segment. We'll be back for more. This is KRC on the Big X. I'm bringing sexy back. The motherfucker don't know how to act. Go let me make up for the things you like. Cause you're burning up, I gotta get it fast. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. College, we always wanted to like have all of our roommates like dating at the same time or just like go on a date at the same time and then conveniently all end up at Fazoli's and be like, oh, that's my roommate. And then like, you know, and then have a breadstick competition. Why would you need to have your limit? Can you just go with your friends and have a breadstick You think I'm going to down 50 breadsticks and not have a girl impressed at me? <laughs> True. Except instead of his always, they're about a chip eating contest at Salsaritas. Now yeah. we're on to something. Yeah, especially on a Taco Tuesday. No better day. No better day to go to Salsaritas, one of their two locations in Louisville, St. Matthews, and Middletown. They're doing $6 entrees, boys and squirrels. $6 entrees at Salsaritas. Download the app. It's Taco Tuesday. You'll save some money. You'll build up rewards, which down the road save you some money. And it's all it's all groovy, baby. It's all groovy at Salsaritas. Middletown, they have a drive through St. Matthews, newly renovated. If you're hungry, well, you've got like three and a half more hours. Still, well, three hours and 15 minutes. You can do it. You can make it. The wildly addictive chips are certainly worth it. Certainly. Is, uh... Jameis Winston to the Saints, is that worth it? Oh, that's exciting. They were, Saints were good before he got hurt. People forget that. What about Matt Ryan to the Colts? Is that exciting? Uh, I would think that it's an upgrade from Carson Wentz, even though he's old. And the Colts really don't need like, – they just need a solid game manager to at least get to the playoffs. And I think he can do that for him. So, yeah, I think that's an upgrade. Does the last time the court, the Colts had a dominant quarterback was Peyton Manning before the injury? Andrew Luck. He was... Um, oh, yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. You, people forget about him because that was such a weird way out. I do think you could make a case whether or not you put him in the dominant category, but he was good. He, he, yeah, he, was, yeah. he, was, top, he was above top half of AFC QBs. That's that's impressive. You're right. I should, are you, he, he should be added to that mix. Are you insinu- You're not insinuating Matt Ryan's going to be a big-time quarterback for the Colts, are you? I don't know. Is Matt Ryan a better quarterback for the Colts than Andrew Luck was for the Colts? No. 
He not a shot. No, I don't think so. He didn't have a young T.Y. Hilton. That's for sure. All I know uh, is with Matt Ryan, with, with Matt Ryan going to the Colts, we it's I think it's now maybe safe to bet on the Falcons again. I don't know. <laughs> so he was the they, problem, they, not just Atlanta sports. It, it was always sketchy betting on the Falcons. I think it might be safe now. So interesting QB news. You all still uh, Mason Rudolph or Carson or who's the other quarterback in Mitch Trubisky? Mitch two point yeah, two point just like zero losses. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have next year. Marcus Mariota going to the Falcons. By the way, just kind of talking about some of the NFL news from Did, yesterday. Um, the, the Browns have they done anything with Baker Mayfield yet? <laughs> no, gosh, I've got a buddy that just you would have thought Baker Mayfield maybe had previous relations with his girlfriend or wife, but he hates him and he's just loving every second of this. Although Is he a Browns fan though? No, he's actually okay. a Bengals fan. And while he still is loving seeing Baker just fall and fail, he actually is like legitimately bummed that it won't be at Cleveland. He thinks Baker's like a huge fraud of a quarterback. I still I think Baker's all right, but there, there, there really is no ignoring like how many people have come out and said something kind of negative about him. He won the Browns a playoff game though. Like, I know that's the thing. Like we love that in Cleveland. Like I still think he's got a lot of wins left in him where he goes, but now it seems like it's probably gonna end up being somewhere terrible. Um, or he'll be a backup somewhere which will be pretty strange but you have had former players come out and be like yeah I'm not crazy about baker that's a little bit of a red flag like what's going on in the Roush, locker room people aren't aren't loving you roush would you rather have baker mayfield than mitch trubisky oh my gosh yeah uh, well yeah yeah right. healthy, we, we don't have to, we don't have to expand mayfield. on it i was just i was just curious because i'm in the same boat i'd much rather have baker I would have hey, baker, baker's got a little player. bit of swagger about him you know his, his commercials are good yeah well, I was just trying to see where the line was drawn with you and Trubisky. Now we don't know where he's going to be playing his old football, but it'll be interesting uh, to see who's in need of a quarterback at this point. I mean, obviously, besides the Steelers. Oh, suck it. Uh, San Fran. Yeah. Seattle. They're going to still shop Jimmy G. Denver. Yeah. Seattle. Oh, wait. No, Denver got Russell Wilson. Wilson went to Denver. Yeah. 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 I'd say Bacon, San Fran and Seattle. Seattle are two. Yeah. If I was a Seattle fan, you're going through like a little minor rebuild. A lot worse quarterbacks to have that can do kind of some fun things than Baker. Okay, well, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, get your text in to the Thornton text line, 502-414-1450. Do you have anywhere you want to go, Roush? I've got a few things, but happy to throw it over to you. Um, well, I, my suggestion is I have a couple quick hitters, and maybe we could do some text and then get to your conversation at the top of the hour. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm in. Okay. Uh, first and foremost, did you know that the biggest softball game in America is going to be at Kentucky tonight? Like I did big, not know that. The, like one of the biggest games all year. Undefeated Oklahoma Sooners are coming to Lexington to take on number eight Kentucky, who just handed uh, Alabama's Montana Fouts, the best pitcher in America, who's actually from uh, Eastern Kentucky, handed her her first loss of the season. So uh, even though they've lost three or four, this is the stretch of SEC play where things aren't getting any easier, and they decided, you know what, let's make it even easier by hosting the best team in America. Oklahoma has run-ruled 21 of their 25 teams, undefeated. <laughs> That's crazy. That's pretty unbelievable. Yeah. They're good. They're wagging. But uh, it was sold out as of late last night. So excited to, to pump some juice into John Crop Stadium. Uh, Rachel Lawson, she's done a fantastic job. I mean, they're just 
perennially at the top of the most difficult conference in the country. And now they got a big game tonight. So very excited. Uh, ho- hopefully they can pull off the upset and, and wow some folks across the country. Yeah, that would be that would be special. Uh, should be a big night for the for the softball program. They've had a lot of these over the last decade, so uh, maybe any any win, any time you can beat Numero Uno, good for recruiting, good for the program. And uh, all right, that's exciting. That's something. Yeah, to keep yeah. that was it's the the Buick commercials can suck it. Who say you know, female athletes don't get talked about? So you know what? This is the suck it Buick segment. A shout out to Abby Steiner, best track athlete in America. Suck it, um, Buick. Uh, Abby Steiner's the bomb.com. Uh, she broke a, a record in her first time ever racing in an event, and she also has the fastest 200 ever. So uh, she's the boss. She's a badass, uh, and that's what we do at Kentucky. We we just get the best track athletes in the world, the best female track athletes. Uh, in the world to just kick everyone's ass. So she got named track athlete of the year yesterday and was just going to continue dominating the competition. Well, that's great. That's awesome. Very exciting and uh, good stuff. Athletic program needs some some good news, some exciting stuff there from Nick Roush. How's the visit going for the big offensive lineman from Vanderbilt? So I don't have an, uh, an update on that, but I do have uh... – because I'm, I'm assuming he'll be leaving this afternoon. Hell, maybe I might run into him at the facility. Um, but we did it. Like he, he isn't the only guy on campus. Uh, obviously, you know Kentucky is is casting a wide net in the transfer portal for immediate needs and also uh, for needs down the road. I thought one visitor uh, in today or yesterday, excuse me, that's he's a big deal um, that we haven't really talked about a ton is Sadiq Clements, the kid from Henderson who is an absolute monster on the defensive line. And he's one of those that I, I don't know how many camps and all that sort of stuff he's going to do this summer. But, like, you know, he took an unofficial visit to Alabama. Like, he, he's been to some pretty big schools. He, he's going to blow up. Um, and he was back at UK yesterday. I think that's an important one to keep close tabs on um, throughout the recruiting process as we as we start to pay more attention to those 2023 guys. Um uh, they, but they also, you know, as far as immediate stuff, Kedron Smith, who played a little bit of everything for Ole Miss. Kentucky's done good uh, getting, you know, they had one Ole Miss guy that, that turned out pretty well in Jacquez Jones. Kedron Smith is a, uh, he's like 6'2". He's a bigger guy. He played corner to start his career out there. And then they get a new defense coordinator in DJ Durkin. And then they move him to like a nickel type role to play a Vito Tisdale type spot. So he, he's he's got a lot of versatility, a lot of size that Stoops likes on the outside at that boundary cornerback position. Uh, he, he shared that he is going to take a visit for the spring game uh, next Saturday, which, or, no, not next Saturday, two Saturdays from now, excuse me. Um, but he'll be there for Kentucky spring game. He's also visiting uh, Missouri, Virginia Tech, and Indiana. So, that, like, if this this could be a nice solution at cornerback, where even though he isn't just a natural shutdown guy, he's a great athlete that has SEC experience in that role. Considering the competition, you should win out on this one. If you if you really want to, if you like what this guy's putting down, and you want to go all in. There could be some other guys that come up, uh, but you're at least in the running, and you like how where you stand compared to some of the competition. So uh, that's kind of the latest, at least on the recruiting side of things, 
uh, before we get some more meat and potatoes of stuff that's actually happened at practice yesterday and, and today. Well, you know, just over the river from Henderson, right? Uh, John, John here. John, you're on the Sadiq Clemens beat here. All right, this is this is gonna be your we Alex and Cole gonna let us down. You're on the Sadiq Clemens beat. When there's stuff going on Henderson, we need updates from you, John. Okay, and that'd be that'd be good. Henderson, not that close to Lexington, Roush. People forget that. I think it's over three hours. Yeah, and I, my assumption would be he's doing like spring break, but yeah, I still significant. Like, yeah, that is a drive too. That's a, that's a hell of a drive. That is uh, that 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 is a that, that, that guy's really good, and I don't think he's the highest ranked player in the state of Kentucky. But he might like. I, I think by the time it's all said and done, just his size and athleticism, like that guy's a freak. That guy's that, an absolute like, freak. I mean, I'm obviously have never seen him play football before, but just looking at the tape on his rival page and then just his size, that's just somebody who cares if from day one you get something out of or you just hope for year four you get something out of because that size and ability to move at that size, really impressive. Well, and if you think about how Kentucky's recruited and just the, the athletes they've brought in on the defensive line recently, part of the reason why they're so good at stopping the run is because they've got the dudes who are just clogging up that middle and making life difficult. So you got to keep that thing rolling. You rarely get a prospect like that in the state of Kentucky. Uh, I know there's another talented guy at Mail, uh, Spencer, who uh, William Spencer, who kind of fits that mold a little bit. The kid at St. X is a little more of a defensive end. Um, I would think uh, Spencer's kind of in between, but this is a good defensive line class from the state of Kentucky. So, uh, and I and I think Clements is is the uh, the the best of the best. So that that's one. I'm I, I was I was very pleasantly surprised to see that they obviously are going to have more guys coming in throughout the weekend. I saw a four star kid from from Georgia. Avery Stewart's going to be here over the weekend, as well as some guy, some kid from Pittsburgh, a linebacker. So. Um, Things things were quiet there for a while, and it's almost like they were like they were just like, well, as soon as Kentucky's knocked out of the NCAA tournament, we're going to have news for you, Big Blue Nation, and they're they're delivering right now. Mark Stoops is delivering. Yeah, maybe a little earlier than the news needed to be delivered, but you know what? That's that's fine. And uh, while we will talk plenty of basketball, I'm sure an hour or two throughout March, throughout the off season. The next big boys to to line up and play, it'll be the football team. And weirdly enough, when it comes to expectations, they've been maybe a little bit more reliable across the fan base than, than the basketball program. And everybody always wants to kind of pit the two against one another. I fall in the category of just Kentucky fan. And as excited as I am for Rupp Arena next season, I truly cannot wait for the first Saturday at the Krogue. UK most likely probably ranked in the preseason. You would hope I could see some people finding excuses and Liam Cohen being gone to maybe drop Kentucky or I've got to wait and see like they always are. But mm -hmm. it's going to be another fun season for UK football and can't wait to hear more updates throughout the spring and then eventually a spring game. So good stuff all around. Do we want to end our one here? Um, We can or we can get like a text or two in. No, we may as well get the texture two in on the Thornton's text line. I don't know exactly where we left off yesterday. Um, we, you renamed a thread at one point Tuesday thread, so I'm guessing there. No, because we didn't. I don't think we finished all the text <sighs> from the show yesterday. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I think we had like four or five. I don't think we got to the John text. Let's see. 
I think we start at the John text. Well, you know what? That's just what we'll do. Well, John here. Good, great morning to all. Okay, I'm going to move on from this trash bracket year because I can't stay down forever. Hey, in August, I'm going to St. Louis to watch my Yankees play against the Cardinals. Do you guys know of any must-eat restaurants in St. Louis? Also, what do you think of guys of Juju Smith-Schuster joining the Chiefs? Well, got to go talk to you later. The rich keep getting richer down in Kansas City, John, you bastards. Uh, John, I don't know of any great restaurants in St. Louis. I was there last summer, but we didn't really eat anywhere. Ooh, St. Louis Bread Company? No. That's that- uh, Panera. <laughs> they just they just call it St. Louis Bread Company in St. Louis. Really? I didn't yeah, know that. Because that, that's where it started, and that's what its initial name was. Uh, and I guess company. when they went chain, they decided to change their name. Yeah. Okay, well, have, uh, have a good dinner at the St. Louis Bread Company, John. That sounds fun. I'm sure you'll have a blast this summer. Another texter says, short and sweet thought about the tournament so far. I'll be glad when 23- and 24-year-old men aren't competing against 18- and 19-year-olds. Glad to see every... Glad to see the extra COVID eligibility gone. Uh, not so fast. They still got it. There's plenty of guys that can still use it. I have a feeling it'll be less and less, TJ. Um, but like, yeah, like if you, if you four when it's officially gone or twenty five, right. I guess. Right. I know at least in the high school ranks, though, that'll be gone because, like, um, man, you want to talk about an easy gripe into sale, like. Dawson's got five 20 year olds on their team. You know, like you, that, that was an easy complaint. That will be gone in the high school ranks. But in college, if you were a freshman in 2020, then you'll, you, you can have that extra year of eligibility. Everybody just always wants to whine. It's all about whining, not how we get better. It's just wine, wine, wine. Mm, no cheese either, unfortunately. Yeah, no cheese. Except for the so past. basically, the program has fallen to where being first in the SEC doesn't matter. Winning the SEC tournament doesn't matter. All we need is a chance to win in the tournament. The apologists seem to be so afraid of a post-Cal era. We have seen historically that UK is bigger than one coach and can has had success with multiple coaches. You don't make the move this year. However, another disappointing tournament next year, and then I believe Cal is and should be on the hot seat. No offense, this isn't IU. We want more than a chance. Our fan base and program demands Final Fours, which – TJ, that feels like um, a, a, a harsh, but also not too like radical of uh, a take. Yeah, I mean, just to say the program has fallen, that's just dumb. Like, you're just making up words to make your narrative feel better in your own brain. The program hasn't fallen to where that we, – we lost the SEC by game this year, and we were all pretty ticked off because of the way the schedule worked out. What do you mean it's fallen where your first doesn't matter? We winning the SEC tournament doesn't matter. Who were, were people thrilled on that Saturday? No, people were pretty mad. Yeah. What are you talking about that it doesn't matter? It matters. It's just what do you want to do because it didn't happen with one guy? It means he needs to be replaced with somebody else to make it happen. How many SEC tournaments and SEC championships has Calipari won? He's now 500. He's now there, six of 12. Texter, I'm not saying this is you totally, but there are people like you that have a sentiment that's similar to yours that literally just think there's this magic candidate out there that like is going to win SEC tournaments every year and win SEC titles every year. UK won the SEC by three games three seasons ago. Not this season, not last season, the season before that. They would have won that SEC tournament. Um, last year stunk for a multitude of reasons, but not giving a cow a pass for that. It was a terrible year. This year did not stink. This year was fun, and they should have won the SEC if the schedule was different. SEC tournament was a sign that this team clearly was moving in the wrong, wrong direction, and then the tournament completely stuck. Yeah, and we did mention yesterday, and 
it's, it's confirmed. This was, it, despite the lack of numbers in the Sweet 16, this was the best the SEC's been in the Cal era. So it was a little bit more difficult than normal. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I think just part of it, like in general, like, to say that it's fallen, I think is fair to an extent where like Kentucky hasn't won an SEC tournament since what, 18? But like, that's when you went from winning it every year to not winning it every year. Like, it stinks, but I don't There's think... There's been just... three SEC tournaments they haven't won consecu consecutively. The 2021, you know, who knows what would have happened there. But there's been three. Yes, we all agree that should change. It does not mean you need to change head coach if it doesn't. It's just outlandish. All right, hour one done. Tennessee, just suck it, Tennessee. I know. God, Tennessee and Rick Barnes, man. Everybody have a... Uh, well, everybody have a great hour break. We've got hour two coming up next. A lot of protect to get to. And... Uh, I'm Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big okay. Radio. The hour one was so fun. We said, you know what? We're going to do it again here on the Big X. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. We go 7 to 9 Monday through Friday. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen are the people that are participating on today's show. Replay of the show 9 to 11 on the same station. Again, 96.1 on your FM dial, 1450 on the AM. And you can stream the show through the TuneIn Radio app. You can go to BigExportsRadio.com. And a really easy way to listen is just by searching for the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, search for Kentucky Roll Call. And that podcast brought to you by Cornbread Hemp. Yeah, our good friends at Cornbread Hemp. I enjoyed it a little bit last night to make sure I slept sound. I got a good night's sleep before uh, making the early morning trip up to Lexington. If you have not tried CBD before, try Cornbread Hemp. It's all organic. Uh, full spectrum flower CBD, which means they 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 crank it up a notch with their extra strength gummies, sprinkling a little bit of THC with that CBD. Um, whether you're struggling to sleep or you got some nagging aches and pains, like I do in my lower back after doing some yard work on Sunday, cornbread hip. It's 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 just what you need. Use the promo code Big X at checkout. Save thirty percent off with that promo code at cornbreadhemp.com. We love it. You will, too. Cornbread, hemp, it's good for you. Text on into the Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. Justin, it looks like it's going to be rain today, unfortunately, although the temperatures are going to be nice. But even with a little rain today, we are in 2022 Big Exports Radio golf card season. Yeah, buddy. Let's go. Yeah, Under you, $25... Yeah, under $25 around. Justin, what are the courses? Uh, it's Old Capital in Corden. Go see Big Bill on a Hill with some Red Rockets. You've got Christmas Lake. You've got Jeffersonville Elks, Valley View, and Chariot Run. One of the best courses around. Yeah, they're beautiful, all of them. And Chariot Run, you just feel like you're playing in a major or a, a major tournament. The course is so nice out there. And you'll probably shoot like you're playing in a major tournament. It's a pretty tough course. But it's beautiful, and to get a stab at it for under twenty-five dollars 
it's a, a, a deal that you will not find anywhere else. Go to BigExportsRadio.com. Do either one of you two have the number you could call in front of you? Oh, I know it's an 812 number, but. Yeah, this weird thing happens with my emails with the, the boss man where they just like go missing. I don't delete them. They just go missing to what, what other. I yeah, know it's super weird. It's almost like it's like a Snapchat of emails. Like they'll be there for a while and then it'll go. It'll go. But uh, we'll get that number for you. I think it's 812-725-1457. Yeah, if somebody correct. has that email, just re-forward it to me because mine is gone. There you go. There's the number. Give them a call and get your big exports radio golf card today. Uh, wanted to to thank just big exports radio listeners really across the board. Uh, the streaming numbers throughout March have just been wild. And I think a UK exciting tournament run that just turned to flames instantly played a role in that. The Mike Rutherford show coaching search played a role in that. IU going to their first tournament in 32 years, Justin. That played a role in it, I believe. Uh, but big exports radio just rocking and rolling. Bigger across. and exier. There it is. I mean, across all shows, platforms, just setting records. So we we can't thank you all enough for listening. I know this March we should be previewing a Sweet 16 this week. It feels weird not doing that. Uh, but we, we really can't thank you enough. And we're glad whether you're listening to us or John Spears or the Hoosier Report or the Mike Rutherford Show, we're, we're happy that you're tuned in with the Big X. Want to hear from you on the Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. Roush, while we've kind of got this reset here, mm -hmm. weird phone call yesterday, just out of the blue. Somebody just following along on Twitter, seeing me say this or that. Um, but they it wasn't like an overly positive call. Um, they said some things to me, and I, I I'm taking that information, and I'm making a claim or I'm just a thought, just my guess of what happened. I, I think, I think the chemistry was, was way off. Um, once the, the healthy guards got back and while it was a, Hey, we're not really clicking. We're not playing as well as we were before the injuries. I also think it was a little bit of what's my role. This was my role when people were out. Now my role is this, and I think for some other people it was, well, this was my role before I went out, and now this is my role. I think chemistry, unfortunately, was an issue here. Well, and that that tracks with kind of what Cal, like that sentiment you're sharing tracks with what Cal said without him throwing guys under the bus for infighting because that he made it abundantly clear, like, hey, we who we were before the injuries – and even during them, we were not the same after everybody returned, not just offensively, but defensively. Uh, dropping from, like, top 20 defense to the mid-30s just over the last three or four games. Yeah. Um, and that would lend itself to chemistry because a lot of defense is just effort. So, uh, yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, that makes sense. And yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but it makes sense. And, and, the, and the, the gist of this phone call was more along the lines of like, hey, this group may have not been as likable as people think, which I think it's kind of easy to do after a team after a team comes to a season comes to an end and especially the way that it comes to an end. Um, I don't know. It seemed like a likable group to me. I can just go off my own personal opinions. They seem likable. I liked the way that they 
interacted with one another. I do have this overall feeling that like, well, it's not a feeling. I'm pretty sure it's factual that UK just does such a good job of like covering things up, hiding things. It's one of the, it's not an overly accessible program, which I always have had major issues with. Um, and hell, maybe someday Cal's gone, whoever the next coach is, opens things up a little bit more. I would like that. But it's not the most accessible program in the world. And this person was basically like, there was a lot of bruises and ugliness going on behind the scenes that UK did a great job not letting ever see the light of day. Is that true? No idea. No idea. If they did, then that person's right. UK did a hell of a job covering this stuff up because we were led to believe this was a totally cohesive group they loved each other. They played well with one another. So the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle, Roush, where it's, again, I've always had this theory that things behind the scenes at UK we'll never know about because they'll, they'll cover them up, they'll clean them up, and they'll make sure they don't, they don't get out. But I, I, I totally can buy into the theory that you had Mintz and Grady playing one way, and then Wheeler and Washington come back at 100%, and then – you just have to, do we go back to the way things were before when everything was clicking? Do we kind of alternate this and do a hybrid of, Hey, you guys are back, but we found something kind of nice here with these other guys while you're, I, I don't, I don't know if the answer was ever un, uh, discovered uh, because the team never looked better. So that would seem to check out, but I definitely think the injuries, not just from a, Hey, we never could click, but I think some of it was also in-house a little bit, unfortunately. And I do think that's true. Well, and I mean, uh, like, I can't say that I blame them, I would say. I mean, you you, you want to go back to the way things were unless you had success while things weren't that way. You know what I mean? So, like, I kind of get it. Um, I mean, if I'm going to speculate even further, like, Davion Mint struggled getting into that six-man role. I would imagine it'd be tough to go back to it after playing well without those guys there. Um, yeah, and and no, and uh, well, I shouldn't say no names. Some names were used. Davion was one that came to jumped out to me personally is like, you're right, at the beginning of the year, he just didn't look happy, he didn't play well, and then all of a sudden, it seemed like he bought into something, and then he started playing well, and he seemed happy. And then once the injuries came around and people came back, he looked different and he played different, and you didn't really yeah. get to see that like happy. Fun Davion Mintz. Like so, 20-something percent his last seven games from three. My guess is you probably had Grady and Mintz be like, hey, why why don't we do – why can't we do this? Why can't we do that? And I think Wheeler and Washington came back healthy, and they say, well, we were doing this, and we were doing that. We need – I think that's probably, if I had to guess, where the divide yeah. was. And, and then I also think there's a little point. bit of, like, maybe those guys were still a little banged up, too. Like, not 100%. I mean, they're – and it's just that that's the thing that sucks about basketball is <laughs> unlike football uh yes you need to have everybody buying the same goal but for the most part it's 11 guys who all have different jobs and things go wrong if you try to do more than your job in basketball managing roles and personalities and developing chemistry is so much more difficult because it changes on a play-by-play -play basis and it, it, it and if you have somebody who decides they're not going to take what, what's given to them and they're going to try to do more, sometimes that's a great thing and you just have a badass on your hands and other times it's just detrimental to the team. So 
Uh, man, that is uh, – I appreciate you sharing that, though, TJ. Like, I, I feel – not like, I can't really feel better about the way the season ended, but I do think that Oscar Sheboy's smiles and all of the rebounds and everything did help, like – it, it really pumped us up more so than we probably should have been just because last year stunk so bad. Like it all created this, this big old mess that ended with just unprecedented disappointment in the first round upset. It stunk big time. I'll say this though. If there are any bad apples that UK did a good job kind of hiding, if there was a singular player that became selfish during the final month and a half, get them out. I don't care if it were Wheeler. I don't care if it was Washington. Mince and Grady are gone as is. Get them out. Get them out. Because things changed with this UK team. We saw it on the court. We just kind of chalked it up as, well, they haven't been able to shake the rust off of playing all together yet. But it will come. It will happen. Just wait. It'll happen. Maybe it's actually happening at the right time in March. And they'll click. And they'll just go on this run like they did in late January where they were completely and totally unstoppable. It didn't happen. And I'm not saying that there was a bad apple, but I do believe that there was probably some friction in terms of people coming back and roles changing. I'm just saying if there was, I would hope Calipari would, I don't care if it was Washington and he wanted to come back, tell him to go. I don't care if it was Wheeler and he wanted to come back, tell him to go. If it's Grady or if it was Mint, which again, you know, some of these guys I'd have a really tough time believing were, were problems just based on how they seem. But then again, we don't know. We're not in the locker rooms. We're not in practice every day. But if there was somebody in there that wasn't doing what they were supposed to be doing or they were being a bad teammate and they have a chance to come back the following year, that would be foolish to bring back somebody that could potentially have derailed this season and bring them back for another year where they could potentially derail that season. Roush, he said he hasn't talked to two people. And people kind of went through the coaches' show, people he mentioned chatting with. He yeah. talked with Sharp. He talked with Toppin. Talked um, with uh, Collins. Collins, obviously. about Damian Collins. Yeah, Damian Collins coming back I think is a pretty big deal. We may get to that. Um, who who else did he mention? He talked to Bryce, Shade, Shadon, uh, mm -hmm. Toppin, and Damian. So he said he hadn't talked to two. One person's phone was broken, which was a weird excuse, and then he says he thinks the other person just went home. I would Maybe say between a... those two people – Whoever he hasn't talked to, I, I think it's probably safe to assume, assuming they're not seniors, they will not be back. Right, right. I, I, it would be a very granddad thing if, like, his phone just didn't work. And he's like, well, I'm gone anyway. What do you need to talk to me about? <laughs> but, yeah, maybe that's it, too. I, I assumed he was talking about players that potentially could come back. He did not say that, though. So maybe you're right. Maybe the two people were Davion Mintz went home because his college career is over and Kellen Grady couldn't figure out how to work his flip phone. <laughs> it be one of those two things. I don't know. But I, when he said that, I was like, I, and there's going to be people leave. There's going to be people yeah, leaving. Yeah, uh, there will be some transfers, and that's okay. Uh, I think the, the biggest things we're keeping an eye on right now, though, are just Shaden Sharp and, and Oscar Sheboy. Those, those are the, the two biggest pieces that remain um, on this roster. I'd love to hear mm -hmm. Toppin just confirmation. He comes back. I thought it, I like that Calipari owned up to his mistake in that tournament game. It was bad. He, yeah. I mean, play you got to play that, dude. That was yeah. bad. I'm glad he didn't try to church it up. Or, you know, it doesn't really matter to me. It doesn't matter to it, me. It does. He didn't, but he just he owned up to it. He said he yeah. apologized to Toppin. He talked to him about it. He should have played him more. If, if there's one thing that I would be like, hey, this should be like this should be Antigua's job. Like he's he's known Cal the longest. Antigua should be like, 
tap Cal on the shoulder. Because I'm sure it happens. You get caught up in the game. You're focused yeah. on the game. You forget about rotation. That, that's when Antigua needs to be like, Cal, let's get Jacob some run. It's been a while. And yeah, he, somebody he, was, yeah, and Cal needs to be wise enough to just be like, hey, we're not blowing this team out. Like, we're actually struggling with this team. Let's just try anything. At that point, try, you know, he says he was kind of worried to put Collins and or, uh, Hopkins in that spot because they – you, you, you weren't he wanted to get their feet wet didn't really want to throw him into that spot that's a that's an area where i totally disagree with cal his unwillingness to i don't know if these players are it's basketball i mean damon collins and bryce hopkins have played in big basketball games and i couldn't help but watch it on thursday just like what if you put collins in there for a tv timeout stretch you know four three four minutes something like that i bet st peter's would have to adjust to his shot blocking around the rim you know, they're so worried about Oscar being able to get rebounds and making sure they're getting bodies on him. How are they going to change if they have to worry that any shot from anywhere on the court could get swatted by Collins? I just would have tried different things, and that's where I disagree with Calipari in, in Thursday's game. And then same with Top. I mean, Toppin, they did try yeah. him, and it worked, and that's what makes that one even hurt more. It's just like it wasn't, hey, let's see if this works. Let's see if it can kind of make, make St. Pete's a little bit nervous. Toppin was doing good things. Like, he was playing well in that game. Mm -hmm. The fact he never got off the bench, Calipari did need to probably go talk with him and make things right because we need Toppin for next season. He's going to be a really nice player. Same with Collins, but we need Toppin even more. I do like, too, that you mentioned he was like, the back doors. We talked about the back doors and how many times they beat the other team back door over and over again. Mm -hmm. And what do we do? We get beat back door. <laughs> it's like, oh. See, because like I, I think that's the part that uh, – that we miss sometimes is like we don't think that like Cal's losing his mind just like we are. That like because the players didn't do something, um, that like it's his fault, which ultimately it is. But at the same time, I mean, it's the same thing with the football. I remember having this conversation with like some of the blitzes, like you're dialing up a blitz and the dude just doesn't like it's the perfect call and then they just whiff and then the quarterback makes a huge play and it's you know a game over. Like it's. Sometimes the bad things that happen, like even though we all just want to lump all the blame on the coach, like the coach is trying to like not let that happen, but it still happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's sports, you know, like it's Gosh, sports, man. There's such a, and also I think some of this Cal's taking a lot of the blame. I think we need to take some of the blame too, TJ, uh, because in our four years or is it four years or four basketball seasons? Yeah. I think it'd be four uh, postseasons, only three NCAA tournament wins. Oh, yeah. Well, so, some I of think, this is on Kentucky roll call. I think I know where it is almost 100% specifically on Kentucky roll call. Where at? You notice the team never really played good again after we changed the Facebook picture. Was that what did we change the Facebook picture to? It was everybody at the bench at Kansas when UK was winning by a thousand and everybody smiling, having a good time. So we made that the picture because it was fun. Oh no. And good ever point. since and ever since good that point. picture, they never played well again. Oh wow. I can't help but think that we are like Cal says don't blame the players, put it on him. I don't put the blame on Cal, put it on us. I mean, why would you change it when they were playing so well? What were you thinking? I know, and we had the winkies the winky picture there for a while yeah. for starters one it was a funny photoshop job by me uh -huh. and two Very it classy. was it was like everybody was happy everybody was you know, we were rocking and rolling everybody there was the haters and losers were quiet they were oh. gone oh, gosh 
Well, that's on us. That's on you, sports soccer. Suck it. I again don't put the the players don't deserve it. John Calipari, the nine million dollar man, he doesn't deserve it. Put the blame on Kentucky roll call here because we're responsible. All right, we're gonna go to the text line when we return. Sorry about that, everybody. We may have ruined UK season by changing up some of the superstitions. Everybody, don't go anywhere because we got a lot of text to get to, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. This is KRC on the Big X. CJ Walker, we'll be back after this. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Do you mind if we dance with your dates? With Walker and Roush. Why no, not at all. Go right ahead. I want to tell you a story Every man ought to know If you want a little loving You gotta start real slow She's going to love you tonight. Roush, what we talked if about during the commercial break, we'll, we'll hear a thousand more stories like that. You know, it, mm-hmm. the old things didn't work out, and here's why. And it's like a scroll that you unravel of like a million different reasons or excuses. And there's probably some truth somewhere in it, but also there's sour grapes that just get spilled over throughout all this stuff. Um, Interesting stuff, though. I, you know, I think there was more that meets the eyes at the end of the season, which is always disappointing. Um, but if you're Calipari, you got to clean it all up, and you should. It seems like you've at least got the you've got the shell of what should be a really, really good team. Maybe just a few pieces on the inside away from it being legitimately good. So, got to clean that stuff up. Welcome back. And one final segment: Kentucky roll call here on Big Exports Radio. Go. Walker. Nick Roush and Justin Kalen. Yeah, you'll start hearing, uh, whether it's on message boards, Twitter, other media platforms, whatever it may be, you'll start hearing about some rifts in this team. And it was the, and, and I think there actually is some truth to it. So uh, be ready for those stories as the offseason unfolds. How about we uh, try to run through some text messages? Yeah, first, let me bypass the Thornton sex line and get some of our tweeters that tweet into the show. Who that Cats fan? We always love hearing from. My complaint is not Cal doesn't win the SEC. It's the SEC that handcuffs him. We always get the toughest teams on the road and usually only get half of them back at home. I don't think it's a coincidence. It does seem like the SEC is more like, hey, everybody needs to – we're going to bring Kentucky down to you all, and boom, everybody's a blue blood program. Where I think like the Big 12 is like, you all need to reach Kansas's level, and we're going to even make it tougher on you because if you do, then you're Texas Tech. And like, hey, you're a national power. Or, hey, you're Baylor, and you're a national power. So different conferences, I, my conspiracy brain, think do handle teams differently. I wouldn't doubt that for a second, who that Cats fan. Yeah, um, it, it's it be, I, on the one hand, I do like that they're playing the best team. But like, if you're going to do that, at least let them get the home game with them. That just made me so mad that you only got Auburn on the road this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's annoying. Uh, and I wish they do like a. I, I don't, I, you know, the, S, the SEC East and West wasn't perfect, but like at least, hey, we're playing everybody in the West and that's going to rotate year to year. And then everybody in the East, we're getting home and home. Like there wasn't like, hey, wait a minute, Auburn's ranked top five and Kentucky's only going there this year. It's all mm-hmm. supposed to be like cyclical, but it it may as well be French 
to yeah the- i can't keep track of it if it is it's not like football where you know well in advance when you're gonna go on the road to this place or that place yeah uh benny d says you think what guys are talking about with some beef in the locker room played into the decision not to play sharp to avoid derailing the season more with some of those guys that were already upset and it's a it's a Possibly. That's a decent yeah. that's a decent theory. I just think Sharp and his camp was like, Nope. We maybe have a golden ticket here and we ain't risking that. So sorry, we ain't playing. I, I think I, they I, wanted Sharp to play and, and they said no. I think that's ultimately what happened as well. That's um, my guess. Right. Uh, ba- but, ba- but if the, the, the sour grape stuff we hear after the fact does lend itself to the stuff we dismissed initially, like team chemistry. You know who that that's ridiculous if he's good enough to play he's good enough to play well maybe maybe there was a little more to that than we originally thought yeah yeah no there, hey, there probably hey. was and you can you can bet your sweet bums i'm i'm willing to admit when i was wrong um so if i am wrong in hindsight i will i will happily put my hand up because man i'm wrong a lot uh, baseballer says blaming you guys makes as much sense as most of the crap I see on Twitter. Yeah, blame KRC. Again, yes. you know, the, the players don't need it. Cal's got too much going on in his life. We can handle it. You put the yes, blame we, on We us. will shoulder the blame, although some of the fighting in my mentions does get a little like, all right, guys, yeah, the, just the mute button, maybe. <laughs> the mute button. I've got two P, I've got people fighting whether or not taxpayers pay John Calipari's salary, which is good stuff. <laughs> That's JMI. They pay most of uh, it. I know. A texter says, I just turned on the show and heard Justin say he whipped it out. Did someone's wife start working at the station? <laughs> I was talking about the golf cart, actually. Whipping it out and paying for free. Uh, Cal was ripping Ty Ty and Grady for not shooting shots during the game. He definitely doesn't tell them to not shoot. I don't know if somebody was telling them to not shoot, but yeah. Uh, Grady just started passing up shots left and right at the end of the year. I don't know what his deal was. He he was off. It was bad. I I don't think there's ever been a UK player in our life, Roush, where we've been more frustrated that they didn't shoot. Uh, Brad Calipari when he entered late games. That's a good one. Yeah, that's comparable. (laughs) A texter on the Thornton text line says, Toppin definitely should have played more, especially since we couldn't stop a backdoor cut and kept getting beat off the dribble by these low-level athletes. Kept getting wide open shots and Toppin was sitting on the bench. Yeah. Totally agree with that text. That was a big coaching mistake from Calipari. He owned up to it. And while I think he needs to be better in that situation, Roush, I, I think you were right also. I think that's where assistants just need to be like, dude, what are we doing? Like, we got to get this guy in. He didn't. And, and I know games, they go by quick, especially if you're coaching. 40 minutes isn't a long time. You look up and there's like five minutes left on the clock and you think to yourself, well, it's now really the time to be getting fresh legs in there. What if they make a mistake? Cal tightens up. You know, he always says he doesn't want his players to tighten up. He will too. Yeah, he um, does. He does. You know, he, he, he will make coaching mistakes. I thought his reasoning for the timeout, Roush, while again, am I taking crazy pills? Because Leach said he only had one, two. He had two, didn't he? Yeah, he had two. Okay, good. I it, Leach said, well, you had a timeout. No, you had two timeouts. Yeah. And and his rationale and reasoning, I'm totally cool with. I don't have an issue with it. That may I think even if you wanted him to call a timeout there, you have to hear his reasoning and say, okay, I don't agree with you, but I that checks out to me. But the only thing that bothered me is Leach not following up 
when Cal's like, you don't know if they're going to come out and try to trap. You don't know if they're going to try to double. You don't know what defense they're going to play. All those things are true. And all those things are reasons why you don't burn a timeout. Fine. Fair enough. You had two, though. So if they did any of those things and you got in trouble, guess what? Like, you call a timeout. Yeah. Um, So while his rationale was sound, like you're worried about – it gives the defense the advantage. It lets them be the aggressor at that point. Um, That is true. But if you have two timeouts – you could say, well, they could do it twice. Okay, well, then you get two play, you get two, two chances to prepare yourself as well. And then guess what? Also, if they trap during a timeout, you can say, hey, they may try to trap here. We don't know what they're going to do. They may try to do something wonky. If they do, pass here, pass there, you'll have them on skates at that point. And that is also true. If you trap, that means one guy's open, so move the ball around. So while his answer actually, I think, did check out, it didn't give him the situation – because it wasn't even the situation that Leach presented him. He had two timeouts. He didn't have one timeout. He had two timeouts. It's also oh. like when Cal was saying after the game, we were up at eight with four minutes left. It was like, no, you're never up eight. <laughs> well, you were up six, though. And that, yeah. I mean, and that. No, but then that's when you get into splitting hairs with like details sometimes. Sure. Like, doesn't matter that much. No. Sure. Same thing I, with like yesterday, people initially. Like, it, it does him not taking uh, calls matter? No, grand scheme of things, no. Especially the fact that he addressed everything. Like they, they don't matter. Uh, but we, you know, we're we're going through some things right now, and uh, you know, we're gonna nitpick a little bit. And I just like that's that's kind of what I was talking about twenty minutes ago. When you were up six, what if you did just put Damian Collins in there? Like again, you would get in St. Peter's brain about how they would want to play and what they would want to do. Like that. That's sometimes where I wish Cal would just. But go zone one possession just to mess with him. You just make a bucket and just weird. go zone just to like – because if nothing else, they're just going to waste a possession or at least half of one trying to figure out what the hell you're doing. Yeah, and imagine also like them doing that cute little double screen that killed us time and time again, and they even missed a shot, a huge shot out of that, which I was like, oh, maybe this is our gift here. And then they came back like the next position possession in the same play that actually made the shot. But imagine like Collins coming off that screen just getting a hand up there. Even if he doesn't block the shot, you're seeing a dude with like a seven eight wingspan putting his arms up in the air. That's got to at least mentally get in your brain just yeah. ever so slightly. So when you're up six, that's the time to to not sit back and be conservative, but to attack. And these are areas where Calipari can improve. But because we're saying all these things, does not mean UK needs a new head basketball coach. So I I, I hope there's enough nuance there that you all can understand those things. There are legit criticisms, legit complaints. You do it not sounding like a whiny little you-know-what. Uh, Texter on Thornton's text on 502-414-1450 says, maybe Payne taking some of our guys in the portal will be what gets the rivalry heating up. I do think in general, just like all of this mess plus the Kenny Payne factor at Louisville, you know, uh, I, I wrote about it yesterday just looking at historical – NCAA tournament upsets, um, whether it be uh, all of the 15 and two games, you had the Virginia example and also some of the 14 three upsets. It really makes or breaks coaches. And with that happening, with Louisville getting pain and getting a little bit of its swagger back on the recruiting trail, like it's, it's make or break time. Uh, and I, I think the reason why I'm confident that. Cal is a make-or-break guys because the guys who got broke were guys like Frank Haith and Larry Eustachie and just bad coaches. 
that they made those 15 to two losses at the beginning of the end. John Thompson, the third, he went to one NCAA tournament in his final four years after they lost to Dunk City. Like Roy Hibbert wasn't walking through that door because John Thompson, the third, wasn't a, a Hall of Fame basketball coach like John Calipari is. The other guys, the Tony Bennett's of the world, hell, even Bill Guthridge from North Carolina went to the final four of the year after they lost to Harold uh, the Show Arsenal. So um, it's not always going to be final four right away. Uh, but Bill Self, after losing to Bucknell and Bradley, went to an Elite Eight and then won a national title in back-to-back years. So I, I think, ideally, that's the kind of path I see. It's kind of the Bill Self path, where you have two bad years in a row, uh, and then and then you you rebound, you get some revenge in back-to-back years. It might not come right away, like a Virginia going from first-round upset to national title, but I, but I do think that Cal can get his swag back with the right pieces over the next two years. And again, the swag back, you know, sure. I want a dominant roster. I just want to kill everybody. Um, and that's the getting the swag back is getting those dominant guards. In the context of basketball, I don't want to yeah. kill everybody. Um, but in the context of basketball, that all being said, this team was really good this past season. It was an inexcusable tournament loss, but it was a good season. It was a good season. Yeah. I, I would take a one or I, I would take a two seed with a win away from a one each and every year. I'd hit that button every single time. I just I would um, mm-hmm. if I could do that. Now I'd like an SEC championship here and there. I'd like SEC tournament titles here and there. Um, but Kentucky was close in all those regards. Uh, Texter says on the Thornton's text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Nick's former ex boss talks about how Cal needs to change some things in order to keep the train moving forward but doesn't know if he will change. What specifically do you think – what specifically do you guys think Cal needs to change? Well, you probably need to ask his former ex-boss what he's referring to. Um, seems like their their takes are more on, like, Cal says mean things or he does this or why does he say that? It hurts our feelings, um, which is all just idiotic and immature and honestly super embarrassing if we're being – like, the if you are getting worked up about the what Cal says or how he says it, you're looking to be upset and you've probably honestly got some bigger issues. If we're just going to be honest with you, that if a basketball coach that you're not friends with the way that he talks to media, it's actually impacting your mood. You've got, you've got other stuff going on. And, and that's, that's stuff that you don't deflect that on Calipari because no, and no, nobody, if you're listening to me and the stuff I'm saying is like physically making you ill, then you need to one not listen, and two, you you got some other stuff going on. So, Cal, there are, and we just what Roush talked about probably four different things we'd like to see Cal do differently in the context of actual basketball. Yeah, maybe yeah, more. I think that stuff's fair. Um, the way I, he addresses people in news conferences is just the most embarrassing thing to gripe about. I just think the the biggest in all of these conversation, like we're having nuanced stuff. Um, if you just cherry pick little things here and there, then it's going to sound worse than what it is. Like, sure, because I'm sure, uh, sure, you're, I'm sure we're going to have the same thing happen where some texter or some listener out there is just going to hear a little snippet and they're going to get all riled up and then they're going to start, well, TJ's butt slapper radio. And it's like, I mean, <laughs> like, because we that's what we were getting yesterday. Is like, it's yeah, and it's like, no, that's not. You you listen to the whole thing. We aren't just saying Cal's the greatest. No, he just lost to a 15 seed. Like we're we're pissed off. But there there are things where it's like it's not as bad as what it seems. It's not as good as what, things are never as good as it seems. Things are never as bad as it seems. 
I, I just feel like we've got this pass here that regardless of what happens from year to year, we have this magical pass where we just get to hit a reset button and every year we get to go back into thinking UK is a Final Four contender. And there's been maybe one year that hasn't been the case in the Calipari era. Maybe two. Why? Who in their right mind would want to get rid of that? Other programs, no offense, Justin, but like you feel, you feel confident about the direction I use moving. Are you expecting a Final Four next year? No, hell no. Are you? I mean, second weekend would be a pretty would be pretty sweet, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay, I, don't want, I, mean, I don't want that. No offense to you, Justin, and you're right no, to be optimistic and excited about that. But I don't want going in. I don't want it to be April and me looking at next November and saying, maybe a Sweet 16. That'd be sweet. Yeah, you get another player in there. Yeah, maybe you get Sweet 16. And then when November rolls around, you say the exact same thing. I don't want that. Don't want it. Don't need it. We don't have to have it. So everybody wise up and stop acting like babies and realize we got a pretty good situation going on and happier times are going to be here sooner than later. Oh, happy days. I thought about this weekend, and I've decided the most underrated player in the Cal air is Keldon Johnson. Weird way to spell DeAndre Liggins, but Keldon Johnson also very underrated. Yeah, disagree. Just because he's good with the Spurs now doesn't mean like he was better than what he thought he was back then. He is somebody I think actually maybe like different role, has a different – we remember him differently. But on that three, UK's last tournament win, which is so sad to say, but on that three that Tyler Hero hit, I thought for sure Keldon was going to like fake the pass to Tyler and yeah. then go try to cram on somebody because he had a lot of space and he was at least going to get fouled, um, but he gives it up to Hero. Hero hits that like 23, 24-footer, and, uh, and that was a lot of fun. We need more fun memories like that, and I think uh, Cal generally has the pieces and talent to do all that stuff. Surprised how much focus is on the offense. There's obviously things that can be done to improve and modernize it, but it was a top five. It was top five all year. The defense was the issue last month of the season. Very good point, Texter. Great point, point. Texter. And that was that was uncharacteristic. Calipari generally has very tough defenses. They get better as the year goes on. This one sadly got worse. Um, I had questions about the defense all year, but they kind of proved me wrong. And then unfortunately. Um, they, they regressed a little bit, but that is the people that always talk about modernizing the offense and this or that or the other, but they, they certainly do ignore the numbers for this year, which is convenient for their arguments because the argument, because the numbers just show that they're idiots. No offense. Yeah. And, and what's, what's weird too, is that like, it's even dudes like Jonathan Giovanni who like aren't in the trenches in like the big blue nation war of words every day but yet he's even in on like the offense being bad even though i think they had what 70 some odd points uh, i think the final score was 85 79 in that basketball game like that should be enough to i mean they even got the rule of 71 kentucky even got the rule of 71 and lost the rule 71 is a fraud sadly <laughs> uh it worked in that north carolina game yeah, but like again, the rule seventy one is how many games are one team hitting seventy one and other teams aren't even hitting it. So yes, they're going to win those games. I'd like a much more breakdown of who gets to seventy one in two possession games and how often they win. You give me those numbers, and then I'll start getting excited about the rule of seventy one. Uh, if you could have one a sharper Oscar on next year's team, who are you taking? I feel like a horrendous piece of crap for thinking sharp. Odds no. are neither one or back, of course. No, I agree don't. with you. I think odds are neither one or back, but. 
But it would uh, be sharp, though, just because NCAA tournament's a guards tournament, and Cal's best teams, even though we 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 identify some of them with the best bigs, it's it's guard, like guard play, especially lead ball dominant guards. Cal's best teams have the best lead ball dominant guards. You're right about You're everything you said. I'm still taking the national player of the year. That's what I was going to say. You're going to turn down the national player of the year. Come on. I mean, you're just like a sure thing that you're not going to get out rebound. Yeah. Like Sharp could be amazing, and maybe I'm really dumb for even taking Oscar. But I'm, I'm taking the sure thing and then hitting the portal for what we think Sharp could do or some of the things he could do. But I'm, I'm taking the sure thing. But I don't think there's a wrong answer. If UK gets either one of them back, it'll be amazing. But I, I, I think both are gone, like the texture said. Unfortunately, that's just my guess, though. I hope to be wrong. I would take Oscar all day, every day. Twice on Sunday. Twice on Sunday. It's almost not worth being on Twitter this summer. Our fan base is irrational and annoying. And the best of times, at times like this, it comes off as spoiled and delusional. Well said. Totally agree. I mean, where do we I mean delusional is a perfect way to sum up too many people in our fan base. It is It is going to be uh, like, um, there's definitely going to be an aware, like I, I hope some folks uh, have the awareness, like when's a good time to get offline. Um, I've got to have... And, and I'm sure it'll die down in the weeks that come, but um, getting off and online really helps with perspective because, like, you know, you get a little worked up yesterday and then just hung out with Duke and he bounced on the trampoline. It was hilarious. And it's like, oh, like, what am I doing getting all hot and bothered over this? This is dumb. Because a coach isn't going to take live calls. <laughs> oh, no. You're right. Taking a step back, and I think a lot of people just kind of realize what's important in life. And just even in the grand schemes, if you think Calipari is so terrible and all those things, well, it's going to be, again, it's going to be another top 10 team to root for next year. Maybe it all comes crashing down in March, and you can say, see, I told you, it's never going to work out in March for us. I, I just don't dictate my happiness on a few weeks. Personally, I don't do that. If you do, you can do whatever you want. I certainly don't care. I think you're just bound to be miserable if that's the way you, you look at things. Uh, enjoy the ride. Coming from an Indiana fan, all Kentucky fans are spoiled. Whether you realize it or not, you all are spoiled. I totally agree with that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's a total – we are spoiled. We're super spoiled. So why would we want to get rid of the spoiler? Everyone is saying that the same thing they said after last season. Cal has to change. Okay, what exactly does he have to do? They don't answer – they don't go into that stuff, Texter. Okay, what exactly does he need to do? Change his offense to take 25 threes a game? get five top 15 recruits. He made significant significant changes before the season. We had a great year, played horribly down the stretch, and played even worse in the opening round. It happens, unfortunately, complaining or making grand statements about Calipari's style is not going to change anything. Not one thing. Agreed with you, Texer. Beautiful text. Uh, Texer says, the funny thing to me about this, I'm pretty confident the narrative from the fan base would be exactly the same if we lost to Purdue in the Sweet 16. If you let March determine your happiness or what a team means to you, you'll almost never be happy. <laughs> and, and here's the thing, TJ, is like how we remember, like in hindsight, that's the Final Four team or the Elite Eight. Like that's usually the, the quick mm -hmm. uh, the label they get. But, like, I, and I, I was having this conversation with a friend yesterday. It's like, yes, March is – this is a po this season is defined by postseason. But it's not going to, like – like, I still had so much fun at that Tennessee game, you know. I yeah. still am going to enjoy – I get being mad now, 
but I'm going to, like, when basketball season rolls around next year, yes, I'm going to do the same thing in November where I'm like, oh, it's football season. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, it takes me a while. And once the switch is officially flipped, I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it because I'm a Kentucky basketball fan, and that's what I do. Beautifully said, Roush. I agree with you. Wallace and Livingston both feel like early era Cal recruits. Seems like we haven't had those kind of guys in a while, probably since the hero Keldon Hagen's class. Tough guys who won't get bullied. See, uh, and here, here is the, the big – and Clark would be like that. But I get – Boston, nobody thought was going to come in and be super tough. But we did have high expectations for Clark thinking like, hey, a top five guy is back in the fold. The 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 thing, TJ, that uh, with the style stuff that always – like Houston and Arizona play like old school style cow ball or whatever you want to call it. And it's they're both in the Sweet 16. They're playing each other. Houston was in a Final Four last year. Like – Yeah. There's more than one way to skin a cat. That still back. works if you have the right players for it. I love Livingston. I like I like everything I see from him. I, I'll just say this though: I'm I my expectations for him are low. And you may say, "What? You just said you liked him. Why are you having low expectations?" I've been so wrong almost about wings lately. Um, not just the UK, but just wings that I thought would be like Khalil Whitney. I thought would be a really nice college basketball player. I was wrong. So I'm having a tough time figuring out wings. So I'm just going to assume that they're not going to be great. And if I'm wrong, I'll be wrong in that respect because I'm being wrong on the other end far too often. So Wallace, I think is going to be awesome. I love the way he plays. He's such a physical tough guard. Livingston worries me just because he's got all the physical tools. I just, when I've seen wings that have had all the physical tools, it has not always worked out at the college level. So prove me wrong, Livingston. And I hope to be wrong. A texter said, just wanted to share some of my thoughts on the future. Next year, obviously very important for Calipari, in my opinion. Kind of his last chance to turn this around. Next year's roster will be ready by the first. Will be really be the first by this new coaching staff. For the first time in a while, we will see the return of elite freshmen. But now we can add the nation's best transfers to supplement the roster. That is the system that should work here for years to come. Obviously, a lot rides on Oscar and Sharp returning. But if one or both do, we'll be a top three team. Imagine a starting five of Wheeler, Wallace, Sharp, Toppin, and Oscar with Livingston, Collins, and Frederick off the bench. That would be one of the most talented teams we've ever put on the floor. Yeah. Wow. Great. And, and there, and there are Sharp back would be dope. But and yeah. there are some people that like want to get rid of a coach that could potentially put together that roster. I don't think that's our roster for what it's worth, but we can at least talk about that because either those players are on the team currently or they're coming in as freshmen. So, yeah, it's not crazy to think that that's a possibility. Uh, that'd be amazing. Probably won't be that good, but it would be amazing. Man. Uh, Roush, dude, you are so wrong. Here are the first tweets of the account. What are you, what are you oh, talking about? They're talking about the Cadon State. This is a huge mystery. Why would someone start a Twitter account for a random flasher a year later? Plus, here's a tons of tweet about it, and they're all from March of April 2012. Also, the 2011 video we're talking about is of a couch burning on state, not Kate on state. Suck a big one, sucker of suck. Yeah, she came in after when the fire department came in to put the fire out, you dingus. I will say there's no reference of it anywhere in the year 2011. Well... Plus, here's a tons of tweet about, and they're all from March, April of 2012. Oh, wait, that's going back to it. Um, all right, well, um, yeah, I'm just going to have to do some more investigating and come back with you. I'm not one. picking sides here. This seems like a, bear, a Bernstein bear situation, so I'm just going to let the universe decide who's right, and I'll just say that I was on that person's side the whole time. 
Nick is right. Oh, we got one that says, Roush, oh. you're so wrong in the next text. Nick is right. Spornarkel's the worst. He never goes against the officials. He always backs the Dukies. And during one game, he was whining and complaining about players not having their jerseys tucked in. He's the ultimate get-off-my-lawn loser. Oh, man, what a loser. A texter says, is Calipari backpedaling on his radio show tonight? We talked about that in great detail. Here's a, here's a long text from Mook. Not going to lie, a little disappointed in Mook. Here's this text. Also, I think there's a pretty disingenuous – I think it's pretty disingenuous to label people critical as Cal as haters. That's way oversimplified. There are more than two camps on this. I believe that Cal has shown his fastball is fading, gone. Can he still win and make a run in March? Absolutely. However, I think some folks that were right or that were at UK during the golden era of Cal, 2009 to 2018, will have a much harder time thinking past the Calipari tenure. Admittedly, those folks probably have the best run of UK college experience than other than any others, maybe 96, 99. So it's hard to fault them. TJ, you're saying everything will be fine in two weeks kind of proves my point that all this inexcusable talk was BS. Everyone, including myself, will talk ourselves into next year being great and full of potential. And if we lose to a lesser team, a la St. Peter's, K-State, we will have the same discussion as the past weekend. Cal has this program in a weird limbo, and I think folks bias is not allowing for rational conversation. And that includes you two, just as much as the Blue Hairs clamoring for Dan Issels of the world to come back. And that's from Mook. Man, Mook, I mean, the disappointing part about you is when have we said people can't be critical of Calipari? When have we not been critical of Calipari? There's a difference in criticism versus is everything broken? And if you think everything's broken, man, I just I, and you're listening to the show, I don't know what else. I don't know what else we could say to you. I, I, I in do. Which case you're doom and gloomer. Like you're doom and gloomer, Mook. I hate saying it to you, buddy, but you are. You're doom and gloomer. It, the thing for me too, TJ, is that like. I, I can accept the fact that it's not going to be as good as it was when he first got here, but it doesn't mean that I'm not optimistic that it can be like Kentucky can go to a final four and win a national championship in the very near future. I, I think, I think you can say both things. Um, like you, you can say we aren't going to be as good as it was when Cal first got here and Jay Z's rapping about you. <laughs> like that it's hard to replicate that, but I think you can you can be optimistic that final fours and whatnot uh, are on the horizon. And that's just uh, like I, you know I'm not I'm not splitting hairs, and your overall sentiment uh, is well taken. But like we just talked about a roster next year that may be literally the most talented Calipari would have had. So like why can't we be back? Like why can't it be 2011, 2012? And remember, 2011 was a four seed for what it's worth. 2014 was an eight seed. But like why you know. Why can't we do that again? Is there a rule? Is there something that's quite literally stopping it from happen? Um, teams get upset in the tournament every year, Mook. Every single year. This was ours to have the embarrassing loss, unfortunately. But we're not the only program to do it, and it's not the only head, uh, Hall of Fame head coach to take a bad loss in the tournament. It's set up for this sort of stuff. I agree that Cal probably should have done the call-in show live, but would have actually made anything better if Steve from Winchester got to ask him why he didn't call a timeout in the last possession or why Sharp didn't play. Uh, the Sharp didn't play question didn't come in, but the timeout question did. So the Tom Tom Leach did a good job with that call-in show. Yeah, yeah, and, and also, um, as, as the person said, like the fact that, you know, uh, a call can bog down it a little, bog down a show a little bit, whereas – 
Tom kept him fast and furious. So it actually it worked out, I think, even better. Um, it was just the the initial optics of like, I don't want to hear from you. The, like that that was the the initial kind of like undertone of it. Um, but it ended up not being that way because we he addressed all of the questions that I think fans had. If Reeves asked you all to create a trivia team, what would be the niche category for each of you? UK basketball's already taken. Uh, well, I you know probably go to the office, but that's probably taken too. So yeah, swamp um, people. You're pretty good at geography, TJ, and I I have a decent sense of history, but I don't know what my like which subcategory it would be. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we got we got something to think on there. A texture yeah. says prioritizing the players' feelings and emotions over the fans is exactly what Cal should do, and I'm happy that he does it every time. Yeah, but you know it hurts people's feelings in the fan base. There is a sense of entitlement in this fan base that is unlike anything I think I've ever seen in my life. Like the the that we that you personally are owed this or that is just oh boy. Some people they live in a different reality than the real world. For the whiny bunch, there's absolutely nothing he could have said on his radio show that would make them happy. Oh, and the whiny bunch, I mean, UK could be a one seed next year, lose in the final four. They'll be back. Don't you worry. And they'll be here all summer, unfortunately. And I'll be here to make fun of them. You can just tell how happy John Hale is whenever he gets to tweet something negative. Well, that's, that's been a banner weekend for John Hale. Oh, that's funny. Funny stuff. The comment that he should have made, the, the comment that he should have played top and more makes me think Brooks is one of the two he didn't talk to. Maybe, but like Brooks is by all accounts, you know, great guy, great leader and stuff like that. But I do wonder if just whether Brooks goes to another college or tries his hand in the league. I do wonder if like his time in Lexington has just mutually come to a close. Yeah, been there for several years. Hasn't you know has gotten a little better, but kind of plateaued a little bit. Kind of is the player that he is. Uh, maybe time for all parties just to move on. But we'll see. Yeah. If we lose Oscar and Sharp, explain how we're going to be a one-seed level good because it's going to be heavy 2019 vibes, and we're going to be ultra-reliant on two on two guard and Wallace, who's not that great of a shooter. Well, we don't, it was a two-seed. It was almost a one-seed. If you beat Tennessee, you're a one-seed. Yeah, and we also don't like – we don't really know. I mean, the, a lot of guys got added late in the process last year. So a lot of moving pieces still left for this roster. Yeah, and we're trying to hurry here on this text line. It's going to run out on us here soon. So we'll have to make up some tomorrow, unfortunately. We got to it probably a little too late, but good conversation today. If Cal had an answer, enough guts to answer calls instead of recruit, our fan base full of eloquent journalists would have gotten the real straight answers they've wanted from Calipari. Definitely would have been different if callers could have complained about our antiquated top five <laughs> offense to his face. Beautiful text. That's my kind of texture right there. Oh, another text says, guys, I love Bluey for our kids and can't stand most other kids' shows. It's not overly whiny and has an undetected sense of humor for the parents. Keep it rolling. Bluey's great. It really I'll is. I'll get it on Bluey. Just landed in Cincinnati. I survived nine days in Las Vegas. Ironically, it was probably a great place to be after the loss because there's a lot of things to do instead of watching basketball. Keith, we are all updated. We are all wondering on an update from you from Vegas. Mm -hmm. So thank you for providing. The call is about to run out on us. We'll come back. We'll finish the text from today, tomorrow. Goodness gracious. This is amazing. I'm happy that we have the text. It's just going to take us more we'll, time to get to it. We'll, we'll eventually catch up. We'll catch up. <laughs> everybody have a great Tuesday. Thanks for texting in. It'll be all right, everybody. I promise. UK basketball is going to be just fine. I promise you all. This is KRC. I'm Big X. Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Taylor. <laughs>